Hi, this is Simon Sweetman and this is Sweetman Podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Phantom Bill Stickers. So go to 0800phantom.co.nz, check them out on Facebook. They've got a great presence there. They post lots of interesting and funny things as well as letting you know what the business does and keeping you up to date with their campaigns. But the other people to see if you want to put a poster up, if you've got an event and you need to... You know, let people know about that event. Check check out what they do because they not only put the posters up, they design them, and they also um, they they share some really cool stuff around the the sphere. Happy to have them. Happy still to have our beer from Yeasty Boys and our coffee from Lafare as well. So pretty chuffed. This one was a chat with uh, Lisa Crawley. She's a singer songwriter, a musician from uh, used to live in Auckland but based in Melbourne now and uh, she's done a couple of albums a couple of EPs I've been aware of Lisa for a while I met her first a few years ago interviewed her a couple of times reviewed her stuff I, I like what she's about I like I like her material um, and uh, you know she's done what I what I kind of like about Lisa when we talk about this is but she's sort of worked out a way to be a working musician. If that means playing in a piano bar, doing covers, being a wedding singer, then you do all of that stuff as well. And then you work on your, you know, your original songs in your own time, and you um, you put them out when you can. I, I'm sure she's not alone in that. I know there are lots of people to do that. But it was interesting to get her spin on that, her her understanding of that as someone not too proud to turn up for any sort of gig, really. Uh, when I met her for this conversation, she was in town. Um, for the Simply Red tour, she just scored sort of at the last minute the, the opening slot for the um, New Zealand tour for Simply Red. So, so we start off talking about that, and then we kind of get into her her career. Um, she had some interesting stories, some interesting um, viewpoints on um, challenges within the industry, shall we say? I, I don't want to spoil it, but um, yeah, we talked about some of the. Um, issues that come up and uh, being a, an independent artist too, a self-managed um, artist just trying to make their way in the world. So yeah, this is a good conversation. It's me chatting with Lisa Crawley and um, I want to give a shout out again to our sponsors which are um, Lafare for coffee and Yeasty Boys for beer. Thanks very much to them for for helping us out and uh, giving me something to offer the guests when they, when they come for a chat. So this is me talking to Lisa Crawley. I hope you enjoy it. Don't you fear I'm okay to look the other way God only knows what so you're you're here at the moment with simply read that's right so let's talk about that to start with since mm-hmm. that's what's happening right now yeah. you're you've got the support for the tour for the yes. New Zealand League of the tour yes I found out pretty much just less than a week ago <laughs> <laughs> so I had a fair bit to organize to yeah to get here um, from Melbourne and everything but yeah it's been two shows down ready to go yeah and you're a Simply Red fan or you are now or you were a little bit uh yeah I think I think some of all of that my main exposure to the band were more like having classic hits or love songs to midnight yeah radio (laughs) on the drive home you know and you hear those songs and you know the song stars I always just I was like oh that's the song that goes like the melodic stuff and you're like oh that but yeah sure that's that song and Hearing it live actually really did enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wasn't aware of their whole catalogue. Yeah, and, uh, and you are now. I'm well. Um, getting there. Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I've, I've listened to each of their mm. the sets every night, and 
what's their audience like to play for for you are they do you feel that because well you know you're the opening act so in some cases um they don't care that's right but do you feel you're getting somewhere with it I think so. Uh, well, I'd, I'd make a point of going to stand by the merch thing afterwards, well, to, to chat to people and try and, you know... Sell some CDs. Sell, well, selling CDs is always yeah. good if you <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. but um, just, yeah. Um, and some people, one man said that it was the most attentive audience for a support act he'd ever heard, so that was encouraging. Yeah. At the Vector Show and Napier. I get a lot of comments, like, on they had come up on my Facebook page as I was playing. Yeah. Um, I wasn't checking it while I was playing, obviously, but afterwards, yeah, and a lot of new likes and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. Um, I had a pretty responsive audience and they'd, I'd talk to them and they'd talk back to me and yeah, yeah, yeah. try and interact a bit and talk about Simply Red and yeah. you know the story that I actually did see them in Australia randomly and then here I was and yeah, yeah I think that they appreciate good interaction as well um, so yeah I think it's quite a good fit in a way like I think I've um, got some I don't think that we're very similar. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is probably good as well. For it is good. They it, don't want to get someone that's the same as them. But It's always very weird when you watch an, uh, an opening act, and it, or like, even just if it's the same sort of lineup. So like, it's a female singer-songwriter, and then it's a female singer-songwriter. Yeah, and some I females... I don't understand why that needs to happen, you know. And well, some people are very opposed to that. Yeah, yeah some females yeah. are like, I'm not having... Yeah. Um, I think it was... Another girl with a guitar doing yeah. what I do because because it's unfair on both of you and yeah. I think it's very unfair on the opening act because um, no matter how good they are people what, just when when you're doing the same thing using the same tools and mm. perhaps the same same with if it's a male singer-songwriter and, a, and a, another male singer-songwriter opens what well, you know the message that ends up coming across is you're not as good at all um, yeah right and you can't be because someone better than you is coming on afterwards that does the same <laughs> thing in the same way so if it's, you know, a solo act opening for a band, a guy opening for a girl, a girl opening for a guy, you create something a little bit different, a different dynamic. Mm. Yeah, I've even heard, I mean, all the big supports I've had have been for males, but I think that's not... Well, that's cool. So what are some of the other support acts um, you've, you've done? A bit of a mix, really. Like, the John Mayer one was probably the last time I did a big support at, like, the Victor and TSB. Yeah. And then... That same year, it was actually 2010, so a while ago, I had Jules Holland and Paul Weller all in the same year. Oh, wow, that's very, yeah. very different. They're all very yeah, different, yeah. yeah. So I, I hadn't, when I started doing the Fancy New Band stuff, you know, quite a few years ago, the BFM audiences, I had in my head that that would be kind of the only audience I would play to, but mm. then realising the John Mayer stuff, selling quite a lot of merch, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually, mm-hmm. I don't have to just play to this one kind of audience. Yeah. And as a result, maybe get less airplay on some stations. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't really, I don't really mind. How long have you been living in Melbourne? Uh, two years now. Yeah. So I, um, everything sort of for me was pointing to just have a little change of scene for a while. Hmm. Um, and it's working out. It is working out. I, I still think I'm yet to find the exact same caliber of work I had, um, but that's going to be. I expected that, not yeah. not really knowing. I didn't know anyone. I moved over with my cat, you know. Um, no no strong musical connections there. Yeah, I, right. booked, I booked a lot of shows before I went, and it was quite good to have the backlog of stuff I'd had to actually look like, you know, to show I wasn't completely new on the scene. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, done, I'd done a couple of tours 
just Melbourne and Sydney shows yeah. before I moved there. Yeah. Which was good. So and you had, could at least point yeah, to, you could reviews, at least point to that, had and, some reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. the kind of equivalent of the live at Roundhead thing. So, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Um, so yeah, the, the shows are getting better and better, I think. It would be great to kind of get something similar to what it, the Simply Red Tour over there. That would be good. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and... I remember initially going to tea at meetings with booking agents and once they asked if I oh can you put me in touch with Lord that was when she was sort of just starting to break out yeah, and I, was, yeah. <laughs> I walked for 20 minutes in the rain to get to <laughs> this meeting and that's all he asked me I was a bit yeah. grumpy about that but um yeah no but Melbourne's good I'm getting getting there like I'm getting some session work as well as a keyboard player and vocalist and um but yeah I don't, I'm not like I haven't got the same pool of musician friends that I have over here mm-hmm. in terms of Mm. you know like people like Ben King and just just other that community but um mm. Mm. there's a lot of a lot of my my friends are sort of more in the Americana country scene over there sort yeah. of like you know friends with Marlon Williams and that kind of thing there seems to be a big buzz a sort of old country um especially the north side of Melbourne so yeah but I have been doing shows with either solo as a band a couple of tours and recorded my latest EP in Melbourne uh, with a producer there so that was good and yeah I think I would I think it would just get better yeah yeah less less crappy um wedding gigs and more <laughs> more cool things well, <laughs> well we'll talk about that but uh, let's let's kind of go back to the start because I don't know like so you're a Kiwi you, you grew up here yeah I'm from West Auckland yeah and and what sort of um musical family Sort of. Uh, I started getting into music because of a family friend uh, who was hearing me sing when I was little, maybe two, and he said, I think Lisa's got perfect pitch, which is being able to mm. name a note or whatever kind of thing, and to start recording when I was four, so that's what I did, and did kind of all the different recorders, <laughs> there's quite a few of them, and, and did yeah. record orchestras, and then go into piano, and clarinet, and... Yeah, and singing lessons, and did all my exams, classical exams. Yeah, never really. I was always kind of good at winging it and getting by by playing by ear. Mm. My one year at uni, that's what the the piano teacher said that I perhaps was the least motivated but the best ear. Um, but my heart wasn't really in, at jazz school. Yeah, I yeah. Wanted to do theatre, musical theatre, from all through high school. So I did a lot of dance, a couple of times a week, and. You know, had little roles on Shorten Street here and there, and yeah. got into a school overseas for musical theatre. But even with the scholarship, I think I was sixteen or seventeen then. Um, didn't have enough money to go, and I thought it was like end of the world. But <laughs> but it kind of worked out for the best. When I watch musicals now, I'm sort of like, okay, that's what that is, and I'm actually much happier writing about stuff and singing yeah, yeah, my own yeah, songs. Yeah. Mm. And but what about your parents? Did they? Uh, like, Dad plays they a bit pl- of saxophone. Yeah. Okay. No, Mum didn't really have music much in her life when she was growing up yeah. but she loves she loves it yeah. but, um, wasn't really encouraged with music or anything like that um, yeah. but yeah so she's but she's both my parents have been very supportive from the start like I never had pushy parents I would ask my dad to take me to auditions and make them sign up to acting agencies with me so they could go on Shorten Street with me yeah yeah <laughs> which they did it was really bad um, yeah so Dad plays a bit of saxophone, but but not much. And my sister played a bit of the flute, and she's a good singer. And my brother always listened to a lot of music and played some guitar. He was in like a a band, um, 
at his youth group and stuff. <laughs> but um, no one was really like, you have to practice this much a day. And mm. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. so um, I, I think one of the things that's always kind of interested me about your story that, that, mm. that I've followed a little bit, and, and you said sometimes you worry about talking about this or whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is, is this idea that you've you've chosen essentially to have a career in music and the mm. way the way you do that is you are open to as you said being a session player like a backing vocalist a keyboardist um, yeah. but you'll be a wedding singer you'll play in a piano bar you'll do <laughs> I guess glorified karaoke um, <laughs> you, you covers gigs writing originals uh, in a way it's all um it's all music and it's all work and mm. it's all a way of gathering and honing skills and I, I sort of think I, I kind of applaud that and think well that that's a really great way to be some singers particularly when they start writing their own material get very yeah. precious about the idea that it's a step backwards to um, to be an entertainer or to cover a song but you yeah. see you seem to go well that's better than Working in an office. Well, I have done office stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have done Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there is some element of... I can see the appeal of keeping it really separate and sacred, doing mm. your own thing. Um, but for me, I almost... I don't know, I separate the two quite quite easily. Um, I just don't say... Well, if people go, when's the next gig? I'm not going, oh, God, this wedding. Like a lot of the people, my friends on Facebook that are very involved with that scene will write a whole list of everything they're doing, like, I'm at this wedding this night, and it's just like, oh god, no, I, I, the reason I, one of the reasons I moved to Melbourne is that I can do more of that stuff without having my name attached to it, so yeah. what would happen was once I started to release stuff, I'm very happy to sit and play in the corner if I'm getting paid, and say so I'm going to work, but then they started to put it in the gig guide as, the more, the more I worked on my profile as a songwriter, the more they would put the gig hadn't changed, I was still yes. doing the same thing, yeah. and people were still just talking over me and blah, 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 but my name was somehow being attached to it, so sometimes people come along and be a bit confused, Yeah. and so I started looking that at what was in the gig. It creates an unfair expectation for everyone, the, the venue, yeah, totally. the, the punter, and yourself. It's, yeah. It's not yeah, an accurate that. story. Yeah, they were yeah. controlling the sound from behind the bar, and yeah. just like, yeah. there was nothing that I was, I wasn't necessarily proud of. I was good at doing what I was doing, but... Yeah. So I started to ring up the gig guides and just take it out <laughs> yeah. myself because I was like, oh, I don't want to. you know, it was a bit cheeky. I wasn't getting paid any extra, and they were trying to. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of when I was like, oh, I should probably be a bit more careful about what I do. Um, mm. Do you toy with the idea of doing things under a fake name? I use my real name if I yeah. was playing yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the last few years. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing in Melbourne, if I do that, the whole point of the work of the agencies they work for that send you off to these gigs is that you're not your name's not attached to it you're just female singer yeah um which is cool not that anyone would know who it was anyway but sometimes people do google you and think yeah. oh yeah um yeah so it's interesting and and i do a lot of singing on radio ads and things like that and mm. so as long as it's not for something horrible like i don't know yeah, are there things slaughterhouses or something? Then um, are there I, things you've <laughs> had to turn down like that? Were you sort of morally, yeah, or, or just or just taste wise outside? You know, just yeah, music, definitely. Musical just taste wise, you yeah, think, you know, yeah, be a bit discerning. And I'm pretty much um, not doing that many weddings in Melbourne unless they're with sort of the better paying ones because mm. it does take its toll. You're there from four to midnight, often driving and mm. playing. You know. 
the same kind of stuff, walking on sunshine three times a week. Isn't that good for the soul? So yeah. I, I definitely, this year is a lot better for me just picking and choosing a bit more. Yeah. Rather than when I first moved there, I was very keen to just network. And, and I have got session work for other artists that way as well, like playing with Pete Murray and mm. and that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people in the same situation, they just need to get bread and butter and, yeah, not, not wanting to do it necessarily. But I've done a little bit of DJing at weddings and I've done... Ages ago, I've done a lot of playing at weddings and in bands, like yep. an Irish band that played, okay. that played, you know, hundreds of weddings, and and some some of them I hated, yeah, um, but some of them I really enjoyed doing, and also um, you got this feeling from from people there, they really, you know, they're impressed by the fact that you can mm. do what you do, you know, because because more so than I think, like a structured, a, a, an actual advertised gig attracts you know music fans obviously yeah and they tend to be hopefully um you know musically literate but when you go and play at a wedding you get all sorts you know there might be one of the best musicians ever might be in the crowd but a lot of the people there maybe don't know what Uh what at all what it takes to do something but if you play a song they wanted to hear Mm. you've kind of made their night right so Uh, you must have some you must you know must there's some satisfaction from being able to deliver that yeah it is a weird system because i play with different people all the time you just show up and play Mm. so basically everyone's gonna know a bunch of a bunch of stuff and they'll just call in this key and you've just got to be able to do it straight away so it's like live session work yeah it is and they'll be like okay this and this key really start it and you just have to do it and it's quite good to be in a job where you can Mm. i can do that like that's Mm. one of my skills and i think it that's such it seems so different to songwriting and I almost think of it as a different thing completely yeah, so yeah. it's just a job for me and if something comes up for my own stuff like I had to get out of a few things for the Simply Red tour and it's never nice and a couple of like a bride parent was really upset but I'm like I'm definitely not in the situation where I'm going to be turning down mm. good stuff for me um, mm, the reason mm. I'm doing those those jobs I suppose is to raise money for my to, own stuff yeah 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 working on X Factor um, playing piano that was to get you know a couple of grand towards my album transcribing Tim Finn's demos in the middle of the night for his new musical that was <laughs> you know it'd sing melodies to me over Skype and I'd be running them down and that's mm. it's good that I can do that because that's helping me raise money towards my album and then mm. the time comes I'm like okay I'm just doing this now and yeah Mm. Yeah, so well, they're all experiences too, outside oh, totally. of outside yeah, yeah. of just paychecks. You know, like they all, of course, of course. Um, and I know you're not, I know you're not um, reducing them down to just that at all. But they, I mean, like the wedding singing type thing, it, that that has to help you um, have honed stagecraft for your own stuff. Yeah, I would think, or or you know, piano bar stuff, or what you know, definitely, and yeah. and dealing with. Um, Dealing with people. Uh, yeah, dealing with people, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it gives you quite a quick kind of wit in a way to deal with all sorts of people. Must what, be really nice to do a show, your own show, where there perhaps aren't any requests, <laughs> you know, like, no. for example, after having to fend some off, I, I would think. But if someone yelled out, play blah, 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 yeah, in yeah. a heckling way, I could probably do it, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, every now and then I'll be like, name any song and I'll play it kind of thing. And then people, it's, it is a point of difference, I suppose. But mm. I definitely wouldn't want to do a whole set of that. It's more kind of a novelty thing, I suppose. So what were some of the first um, kind of big influences for you, like that got you into, you know, beyond, say, musical theatre or, or mm. that sort of thing? What were some of the sort of people that made you think you wanted to write or even just as singers yeah. that made you move towards 
Um, You're making your own music. Well, I, I started getting more into playing at church bands when I was like 13 or something, and I kind of enjoyed it, but I didn't really feel like I had that much to offer. And the church that I went to for a while um, was very music-heavy. A lot of bands like Element of Peaks, etc., came out of that church. And, mm. and I was playing in the band, and I sort of started to really dislike it because I felt like it was such a slick operation by the end of... But as the, as the years went on and having to be holding down, make sure there was no silences by playing these ambient pad sounds on the keyboard, I started to be like, this is great, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I couldn't really write anything for for that kind of thing anyway. I didn't feel, I don't know, I guess through high school I didn't feel overly happy about a lot of things. So I didn't feel like I was in a place to be like writing Hillsong kind of material. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like initially there's something wrong with me because of that. But... Um, yeah, that kind of continued. I, I was in a high school band called Velez, and I joined the band. I was the last person to join. I just started playing along with them, four guys, and they invited me to do that um, with a guy called Hayden Booth and Alistair Deverick, who's now drumming for Neil Finn and doing his boy crush he's thing. A, and He's an amazing drummer. Yeah, so we've been mates since we were yeah. four years old. Yeah, so right. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, re- I, I saw him... I mean, I... Been aware of him and a few people had said he was good, but I thought, uh, particularly on that Neil Finn tour, I thought yeah. he was amazing. He is, yeah. and we we gigged probably from the age of 15, about once a week at the Masonic Tavern or the Temple and bring our parents along, and the Odeon Lounge, um, most places that don't exist anymore, and yeah, yeah. a couple of shows at the studio with, with Eight and Good Shirt, and for me that was really exciting, because because it was a different experience to playing at the church stuff, which I disliked more and more as it got on. Not because it wasn't good at what they were doing, but it just didn't fit right for me, and I started to feel like I wasn't really... Were you falling out of uh, (laughs) step with other aspects of the church? Well, no, it was was kind of difficult because it wasn't really... I wasn't... I was very... had to focus on doing that, and that's how I was known for that church, is always doing the music stuff, so... So busy concentrating that I kind of missed out on on hearing what they were actually kind of talking about, and also it did kind of put me off some parts of it because I would see that oh anyone want to become a Christian raise your hand, and there I was playing like you know little electric piano melodies to yeah. make it ambient, <laughs> and I'd see that no one put their hand up, and you'd be like, and they'd be like yeah great thanks, and it was just like oh. I don't know. I started to feel responsible somewhat for that kind of. I mean, every every show you two putting on a show is kind of creating an atmosphere, and it's no different with church music, I suppose. But mm. yeah, I just I just felt a little uncomfortable about it, and so the couple of times I have been to church in the last year or two have been really low key, kind of very, very um, hands on with practical things in the community rather than this kind of ambient mm-hmm. massive kind of Pentecostal vibe so yeah. yeah so I'm not really sure where I fit in exactly with that at the moment but I'm, I'm kind of okay with that um, but yeah I mean it was great like I, I le- got to learn how to play in the background of things and that got me with the hotel gigs etc which is you know got me work when I was living in England and, and all that mm. so yeah nothing's wasted for sure and mm. I'm definitely not saying that there's nothing good than that that whole scene yeah. Um, but yeah it just became less for me I suppose so yeah Velez we, we did the Rock Quest and did Bell of the Bands and Star Drunk do you remember then? yep yeah. <laughs> so yeah I remember um, kind of learning about how di- the the kind of 
complex of being a female as well, getting tricked into having a photo with someone. Um, and I think it was, it was like Rachel Glucina or something. Uh-huh. I was 16 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. They just wanted me to have a photo with this guy. And all of a sudden I was in the gossip columns. I was like, what's this about? And yeah, kind of learning. Well, it's nice to know she was always horrible at her job. <laughs> Rachel, people don't God. like what she does at all now. No, but it's pretty nasty. Yeah, it is. Um, which is, yeah, unnecessary. Um, but yeah, so that kind of shaped... Um, I didn't feel like I was good at writing any songs for the band. I think we did my first song, one of the first songs I wrote, Stranger, with the band, but that was the only one. And the rest of it was kind of Hayden's stuff, and I didn't, didn't feel like I could write for that band. But I did all the website and the admin and bookings and everything. So from about 15, 16, I was, I was doing that and learning how to do that. So you must have, like, um, come up in Auckland at a time... Would have been a pretty exciting time to be making music because there were a lot of New Zealand bands that, you know, was still a time when you could actually hope to put an album out, be signed to a label, yeah. tour, make some money. That that whole infrastructure existed and people were actually doing that a lot and yeah, well, having quite a lot of success at it. So there was quite a huge scene going on and there was sort of aspiration to get somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were still at high school. Was, yeah. Um, Mark Roach from I don't know I think he runs the music manager thing now but mm. he he, wanted, he man- managed us until mm. until there was a better option I think <laughs> um, but, yeah, around Lucid 3 we did gigs with Lucid 3 at the King's Arms and um, Maddie J from yeah. uh, Sony at the time I think wanted to sign us and we were getting free some free recording from York Street and it was it was really cool but actually what ended up happening was everyone kind of I think there was one pub that wanted to pay us a lot of money to learn all these English songs and I think that's when the singer and the rest of the band kind of got exposed to the world of getting paid a lot of money to do covers and that yeah. just kind of got swept up with that and so with those same guys I started playing at the Rose and Crown in Auckland which was just one of the most hellish places on earth um, <laughs> next to showgirls and stuff like that <laughs> so I, we were st- I was still maybe 16 or 17 when we were doing that and then more of that that was happening the less of Villiers the bands we kind of just split up um Papa Ewan was about I don't know 18 or 19 hmm. 18 um so yeah that was for me I hated playing there though because it, it was just like almost you'd get the same kind of people from next door come come along and just say stuff and I was working till like 4 in the morning playing these gross covers so yeah, it's, it's, that was never nice. Um, but I have very fond memories of being in Villiers um, and the cool gigs that we did. And Yeah, it, it's a bit of a shame. And I've still got the recordings around. Mm. A Kiwi family were very supportive and, at the time. And, yeah. So when do you go from that to... Doing how long is it from that to going, uh, I'm going to release... What did you release an EP first? And yeah, now, well, I was and at now, uni... Yeah. Um, after not getting into that theatre school, I did finish my seventh form. I was still only I, quite young, I think, for my form. Mm. I was in primary school. I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter asking to be put up because my friend, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. So um, I was always quite a, a hustler. Yeah. Um, so you finished that, and then just worked at Music Works selling sheet music for a year and teaching a bit of piano until I could figure out. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll go to jazz school. Um, and I didn't really. I had a bit of a mental block about jazz because at high school I was in the jazz and funk band, but I was always just doing the secondary strings for that that kind of yeah. Tower of Power sort of yeah like yeah yeah you know 
sound for those string pads and I never really did the jazz piano stuff so I, I did classical exams but I my my actual teacher for one-on-one stuff at the jazz school wasn't there for the first two terms so I just felt like I was winging it and and the band my the Belairs were splitting up and I just wasn't very happy there so I got a job I was playing Friday nights at the Ronde oh, I think it's called the Rendezvous now a terrible name for a hotel the Carlton and got offered this job in Japan and had started doing my own little songs and did one pop paper which forced you to perform your own songs which was cool so that was the year I did that that four track EP I think yeah um, it was a bit ambitious, printed out 2,000 copies and yeah. didn't even... Still got most of them left or...? Ah, well, I just, um, I don't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Some around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I had that and then went to Japan and took this weird singing job there. Two weeks later I was just like in this, it was... Either that or play at the church camp over New Year's, and I was like, I can't, this is when I was just like, can't do this anymore, and it's yeah. not, not what I want to do, and yeah. yeah, so I got the job offer to go and sing and play piano in Japan, so to quit uni. And just piano that. bar type stuff, No, or? very, very strange hotel, right? Um, variety show-esque stuff. Yeah. I didn't actually know much about it before I went. Right. Um, I think I just turned 19 then, and yeah, was quickly trying to learn these songs some japanese songs some disney some <laughs> just yeah phonetically it's very similar to maori so that was mm, helpful mm, mm. and um, so you were a solo act doing that or that was fitting in with other um no it was yeah it was in a town called atami which is actually just known for its onsens and being in the middle of nowhere basically uh, uh, um so there was four entertainers one kind of lived there doing every contract but the rest rotated every four months so it was me a couple and this lady and so yeah I was kind of the new the new one but yeah. done everyone else had done it before and it was pretty bizarre yeah so I would write my own music in the in the big hall during the day on the piano there and then do these weird shows two two dinner shows which was a bit of dance singing and, and piano I'd go and do something and then someone else would come and yeah. do something yeah try and shake hands and get tips at the end um so yeah. what, like an hour, um, 90 like, minutes? Yeah, sort of or like yeah. a 45 minute yeah. show. Yeah. Two, two and a night. Another one. And yeah, then I yeah. would go to the fancy bit of the hotel and play piano and sing two sets there. And then the just, others Just would... for tips or... No, it was just part of the deal. Yeah. And then the others would go and sing in the ballroom. It was predominantly old people from Tokyo yeah. wanting to get away and have a nice relaxing time. So there was yeah. no English speakers, no internet there. I started getting really anxious there. You I didn't just, speak Japanese. Well, just, I had two weeks you, to learn certain that's things. That's what I mean, you just learnt basics. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. some songs. Wow. It was bizarre. Like, in the breakfast hall in the morning, they had Pakabao's canon, you know, the do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Like, every day on repeat, like, non-stop, so there was no other song playing, and there was no internet. Oh, there was one... You walk up a hill for 30 minutes, and there was one... Two computers, but always this man. And one never worked, and one was just this man on the stock exchange website, and was so slow so it was just communication was tricky wow I, I um yeah I started to kind of enjoy it and less and less but so how long did you last at that four months yeah wow. so I was very um and that would have felt like a year it did kind of and there was an opportunity there to stay another six but it wasn't fun enough for what it was if I had buddies there it would have been okay but the married couple just stuck to themselves and the other yeah. lady made life a bit difficult there because I was the new one on the block the only kind of yeah. fair skinned 
blonde one and people were kind of interested in, in that yeah, fact yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. a lot younger than the others um, and so yeah my life there wasn't that easy <laughs> or fun for what it should have been with that kind of music like singing Jap- dancing in Japanese living a bit loca like come on you can't take that too seriously <laughs> um, yeah so it was a crazy experience and wow. prompted me to get to London after that and do my own as many open mics and little gigs as I could yeah and um what what sort of what what year is it when you're in London? Two thousand and I think it must have been five. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, going into two thousand and six, and yeah. that was a six month thing. It's a lot as long as you can kind of stay. Yeah. At that time, so bands like the Checks and everything were over there, yeah, and yeah. we'd done a lot of gigs with them at Eden's Bar when we were Villiers, and so I knew those guys and hung out with them, and the guys from Betchadoop were there too. Um, so I was just kind of exploring and staying on couches and worked at this nightclub called Turnmills that was famous for I don't know it was just really really like dance kind of nightclub and I'd never never really knew what drugs were <laughs> yeah um so I'd start at 10 p.m and finish at 10 a.m and but they had this recording studio downstairs with the Happy Mondays and Baby Shambles and all those kind of really English mm-hmm. I don't know, iconic English bands would record so I put my head down and then that was kind of what got me through working at that place because it was kind of interesting in that regard um yeah, so I stayed there as long as I could, really loved it, and then went back to New Zealand to get a visa. And started to get better and better gigs while I was there as well, which was encouraging. Um, there are a lot of dodgy promoters that you know pay you nothing at all, even if you bring 30, 40 people, mm. um, which got to be more and more, uh, which was very encouraging. Um, so I wanted to go back, so I went and got a visa and to actually work properly without having to work in bars under the table. Yeah, yeah did some more recording back in New Zealand and then went back to London again. And lasted a year there. Because, <laughs> yeah, they were, this would have been around the time they were starting to bring in all of the pay-to-play sort of stuff, did you? Oh, ever? God, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Here's a voucher for a pound off for your friends to come in, and, like, you have to get bring in these amount of people in. Mm. Uh, so trying to sift through the shit, basically. Of <laughs> did you get stung a wee bit with that? A little bit, but... You learned pretty quickly, right? But I met some right cool people, to, and, yeah, yeah, yeah and started to get the, get the nicer gigs, more listening gigs, and... Mm. Um, yeah, it was great. It was cool. And I got an email from Sony in New Zealand, on MySpace email actually, on MySpace, <laughs> saying, what are you up to? We could, you know, help you out back home. And I don't know, like, nothing really ever came of that. Because um, I was still in England. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've never actually been signed to any label yeah. at all. Um, which is fine, I guess. It's uh, good, it's good, isn't it? Especially well, yeah. Now, you know. I think for me, owning my own masters and everything has been the best thing to do yeah yeah um in terms of getting sinks on ads or anything like that down the line and yeah um so yeah london was cool and spent a year there and just played with ronnie fisher's band as well we went to south by southwest there's about 10 of us in his band and yeah just got got nicer and nicer gigs and that's when i was working like hotels like the ritz and things five hours a night doing that probably four or five nights a week mm. unless I had an original gig so um yeah that was cool had hoped to travel around Europe the second year I was there but I had to go back to New Zealand um so yeah kind of been in New Zealand ever since that that was 2007 or 8 I think yeah yeah and from there just been in New Zealand until two years ago moving to yeah. Melbourne and and I guess kind of more of the same in a way in terms of just 
playing lots of shows, lots yeah, of different, lots of, shows. lots of different music experiences and settings. Yep. You just sort of just carried on with that in a way, haven't you? Like that's totally, you know, yeah. That, um, it's just what I've always enjoyed doing, and did a few trips overseas here and there, and, and while I was in New Zealand, but predominantly just sort of staying, staying put, and figuring out what to do next. And yeah, did, did two albums in that time in New Zealand and some tours and so you've got two couple of EPs couple of albums yeah I did two EPs before I did my yeah. first first album that's right and that was two, first album was 2011 I started working on it with um, John Mulholland and then he he had to go away so I just kind of finished it myself yeah and oh, I later on kind of learnt, learnt from that album about the production process a bit more and what I would not do next time because mm. I kind of did stuff, recorded it, spent all this money, like mm. all this money, and then was like, oh, I'm not really that happy actually. And so I got Wayne Ballin to have a listen and could make a few changes here and there on some songs, and, mm. which was cool. Um, but I think learning how to actually have the songs pretty much done uh, before you go in to do spend all that money at the proper studio was mm. was quite good to mm. learn that that mm. way. Um, yeah, so, and then working, worked with Jason Shushkoff, who, um, just joined this band, well, he's part of this band Leisure, who seemed to be doing quite well, mm. like, overseas, mm. but he, he was in a band, I lived, I lived next door to the guys from Cut Off Your Hands, and for a while, he used to sing in that band, it used to be called the Nova Echo, actually, before Cut Off Your Hands, um, and he was the front man for that band for a while mm. as well and those guys are all new through church as well so that same church there's a lot of music that came out of that church but yeah uh, Jason and I tried to work together before and it didn't really work and then we you know five years later <laughs> it seemed to work better it's interesting you sort of um, you seem to be like what you're telling me now anyway you seem to be sort of surrounded by guys in music yeah. Rather than and and I was sort of trying to work out how to bring this up because, um, you know, there's this frustrating thing which I'm sure you've been labelled with of female singer songwriter, which yeah. is a, a, quite a frustrating term, I'm sure. I don't know. We never sort of seem to talk about male singer songwriters, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. But in that frustrating term of female singer songwriters, quite a few of them seem to end up banding together one way or another, and you haven't really mentioned working with a lot of other females. Oh yeah. That's I wonder I just sort of wonder why and how and Yeah. When and where that's happened or gonna happen. And, um you know. Very keen to work with other other nice ladies. Um I did a tour with Julie Deans and kind of played I opened for her around New Zealand. Um I think it was in between the two albums at that stage and that was cool to, to get to know her a bit more I sort of got to know her a bit more when I was visiting Melbourne yeah. once and yeah so that that was a nice contact to have and joined Anna Connington's band just playing some keyboards for her for a couple of shows but that's probably the, the extent of it really yeah interesting because um, I, I I mean I sort of I always worry about doing this as a writer because you you, you know, when you make those comparisons to other artists, it, it's it's usually meant as a a, a compliment. Mm. But I hear in a lot of your songs, I do hear these you know aspects of mm-hmm. other other. You know, I can I sort of I imagine you as a 
a songwriter who kind of hones in on things that other people are doing and cherry picks okay. know, ideas. And I, I'm, I'm, and I don't at all mean rips off. I yeah, just, yeah. You know, I mean, sure. you, yeah, take you bits from take little bits from, yeah. as I'm sure most people do. Mm-hmm. But I sort of feel like a development in your songwriting has been around, um, you know, uh, learning to sort of listen to other things follow and spot other trends and Mm -hmm. and 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 pick little bits out of them um so i hear things like you know i can hear you know beck ronga songs that have meant a lot to you or or Mm. or that you've you know there's something in her work that i feel okay but i also i i feel like you use chords that kind of come from neil finn and stuff as well it's you know yeah well they're both very melodic people i suppose mm, yeah um, yes it's probably that but and then i think like the first the first song on the new ep to me felt like something lana del rey would do sure but and i, I don't I'm, i've not really drunk that kool-aid along with most other people but <laughs> i kind of like what you did because i think i think it's because i sort of have i'm learning to sort of trust you as a songwriter you know like okay. i feel like you bring something a bit more songy to that whereas for me with her it's all just a bit sticky yeah well I actually haven't I've heard her singles but I haven't really honed in and put on her stuff mm. with headphones and being like oh yeah mm. um that song particularly was probably more just trying to be like hey uh actually my voice has got a lot lower over the last few years for whatever okay. reason and let's try and not have everything melodically like the same yeah. as the other ones and just kind of be like oh actually haven't really and that was partially Ryan the guy I worked with um, we definitely didn't. were aware that maybe production-wise it sounded a little Lana Del Rey-ish, but um, he was just like, "Oh well, why haven't you sung? Why haven't you kind of used your range a bit more before?" Mm-mm. And I was like, "Well, I didn't really have anyone to push me with that." Like Jason was all about getting good takes, but it was a little bit rushed in hindsight. Um, so yeah, I just tried to use the, the light and dark of vocally a little bit more, and maybe it came out that way. And definitely yeah. with the string stuff, I wanted. I love writing string parts, and I wanted to do that and more and more. And I do like some of her string arrangements mm. that's been used. Um, but say, yeah, like you said, like Crowded House and Split Ends have all had great use of synths and mm. strings. And I'd mm. spent a long, well, I spent a long summer learning all the Split Ends material. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Everything from, because I, I did some gigs playing Tim's material, I've spent way too many hours probably... Um, trying to download every MIDI file of every synth <laughs> part and listening to every note in that arpeggio because I don't want to stuff it up because mm. didn't want to let Tim down because he didn't he didn't really give me much detail. It was just kind of like, get it done, kind of Get thing. it right. And you're, yeah, 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 yeah. And same with transcribing all his demos as yeah. well. It was, it was a very... A process where I learned I have to actually be a bit more confident in what I can do and, and be assertive in myself as well rather than just be like, okay, and... You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's definitely a learning process. But like after I learned all those parts, he was like, "Oh, just do, don't do what Eddie did, just do your own thing." And I was like, "Oh mm. my god, now you say that." <laughs> um, but it was a good experience to listen to all the different things that were going on, and there's mm. so much going on, like string wise and synths, and some of those songs. Some of them are really nice and sparse as well. Um, a lot of those split end songs from from kind of all eras of split ends, they. Uh, seems to me they use some pretty interesting chords too, you know, like yeah, some like yeah. they put together arrangements of quite strange chords that mm. that's obviously sound great, but I, I sort of imagine when you're sitting down and working it out on paper, you look at them and go, almost like these shouldn't quite go together, but they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ryan, um, Ryan Ritchie, the guy 
did the EP with, he was quite good in just being like the song, like the showgirl one. Mm. Sort of did sound like it was a song from a musical theatre show or something. And he goes, oh, do you like a lot of theatre when you're young? I was like, yeah. Mm. So he mm. was quite good at like being like, okay, we, let's use this part of it, but maybe, you know, we're doing pop, pop songs, so maybe we'll just, I don't know, like cut this little bit out or whatever. And he was quite good at helping me be like, what are you actually trying to say here? And get rid of filler words and that. So it was quite cool working with him. Difficult at times because he was, tends to have a very grumpy Mm. side to him, mm. <laughs> which with my avoiding conflict kind of personality I it was quite confronting at times um but yeah melodically um he helped he helped me kind of be like oh that's a good melody and but you know let's let's listen to this Beatles song and and listen to the format as well and I did like a lot of that like Showgirl for example has got a couple of like random two four bars and stuff which is quite mm. Something that the Beatles I was gonna say, do it's a got lot, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm, a, I mean, I'm a big fan of doing little bits like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It feels I like that song, and it feels like, um, you know, I, it feels like a fun song. Like it has, yeah. I, I, I sort of feel like you had fun putting that together. Yeah, definitely. And and that comes across in. Mm, it's quite simple. Like it's not yeah. very. Um, I don't know. It probably had the potential to be quite sonically a lot of stuff going on but we just kept it pretty simple and yeah it was fun to play live as well and the video was was kind of fun we just shot that in between um, the up in the air video mm. did that the same day had about four hours at my house so we just did it then mm. and uh yeah it was very kind of just very me just being me in that one um well that's hmm. That's you kind of getting to live out a tiny little bit of your musical theatre acting <laughs> sort suppose, of world, yeah. isn't it? That, yeah. you, that you're still actively making videos. Yeah, it's you a know, failed actress in me that keeps making music videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but, you know, some people don't do that anymore. They go, well, Here's a you know. Grant, make a video for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just, well, maybe it was not in their... It's not in their sort of realm to, yeah. to be involved in it, so they actually just... Yeah, I've done 13 now. It's excessive. <laughs> no, it's, it was fun. The first one was with two hundred bucks. I think Brian Platt made it for me. I used to play keyboards for him, mm. um, and we just yeah, it was a couple hundred dollars. And for a song called "Trying Out Tonight," which I thirteen videos is a lot. I know. You'll it's be a good DVD. You'll, yeah, I was just going to say you'll present. be putting mm. that's your Christmas marketing. Yeah, like, yeah, you could actually put together a. Well, I had to show New Zealand there initially that I was, you know, if I didn't get grants straight away, I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Mm. And I think they realised that, that I started to get some grants after I'd done, maybe funded a couple of my own videos. Yeah. 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 And so that was good. It would be an interesting compilation, that, those 13 songs. Mm. As yeah. a compilation. First one was in 2007. Exactly. So it's, you so know, it like 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, the recent one just came out yesterday. Mm. So, yeah, and that was, that was fun to make. And Nikki Castle has done probably about four of them. So she's a Kiwi girl living in Melbourne as well. Mm, mm. So it's nice working with her. She kind of understands the, you know, being a female and trying to, not wanting to, I don't know. Uh, she just kind of understands the approach of not being overly kind of, this is me parading around, but yes. wanting to make a point and not wanting to look terrible in your videos, obviously. But yeah, she's, I just like working with her. She seems to understand a bit more than other people. Yeah. Perhaps, because yeah. we've been friends for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely um, am a bit short of strong female 
mentors um, for music over the years, which is a shame. Like I've, I've kind of enjoy, always enjoyed chatting to people, and, and I've had pretty brief chats with people like Jan Howriegel um, from working with um, Greg Johnson mm, and mm. that kind of crowd. But there's not that many people around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. to really talk to about it. Um, yeah, Julie has been a friend for a long time, and Anna mm. Anna and Connington and I probably had similar struggles, I guess, um, yeah. in terms of where to fit in musically. And, and, yeah, and, and on radio and, and that backgrounds a little bit too with the sort of um, playing you know, in, playing in bands, yeah. um, fronting bands, or being a part of a band, but being the only woman in the band. Mm. And, yeah, mm. like I when I was first starting out, I had quite a few disappointing experiences with some males in the music industry, which is. I'm sure I'm not alone there, um, but to the point where I didn't, I got my music videos taken off because I didn't actually follow through with what this man had in mind, you know, was showing of interest in my music and then turned up and was quite inappropriate and actually talked to their female colleague about what had happened and then she wasn't very supportive at all, just went and told him and then all of a sudden I was just taken off, <laughs> all my videos were taken off and, you know, not, not getting as much play on a certain radio station wow. and it's just like, oh man. And, and same like the hotel stuff and a few a few investors over the years had shown potential interest in my stuff a guy that had kind of been quite kind to Greg Johnson and he was mm. just like, getting weird phone calls in the middle of the night so I was just like I'm not taking any of this with you know any uh, it's just unfortunate wow but um yeah the news, even in New Zealand you know, that stuff's just a bit ugh. and it's always it's great it's a great area because you don't want to New Zealand's so small you don't want to be like this person did this Mm-mm. necessarily um, and yeah I guess for me um, but at the same time um, how oh, and I'm sure it runs a lot worse than this but how frustrating to essentially not be taken seriously yeah well I actually really doubted my own ability because, that's and, what um, I mean because that's oh, what it does to you right yeah, and like, I've, I've had to um, really battle with I mean I had a little residency at the London bar when it was crossing over from being a cool jazz bar to this weird country thing that this guy that um what was his name he passed away but uh, this country singer that put out just a ridiculous amount of albums it was almost like something out of a mockumentary mm. Kimball Briscoe Johnson oh yes 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 yeah he wanted a female keyboard player or something and then we did two gigs with this band that was put together and then he passed away mm. and the London bar was this kind of weird mishmash of a little bit jazz, a little bit country. They had an American flag out there. It was pretty fucked. <laughs> um, but I got really paranoid about my ability in that sense of not being like very good in that department. And I started to think that everyone was laughing at me all the time. And I actually went through a phase of being really like assuming the worst all the time and not believing I was there for a good reason. And yeah, a mixture of that and the stuff that happened in terms of like, oh, we well, really like what you do. And in this, you know, I'll... I want to support you and your music and then it just like gets really grey and you get these phone calls late at night and you're like oh god um so I mean maybe some girls have kind of got along with that stuff but for me it just makes me feel disgusting so I couldn't do it um and I thought you know I eventually found someone a manager for a while that that seemed pretty genuine and ended up sort of just finding out that I was getting financially a bit ripped off mm. um well, a lot, and all, wow. the, all the hours sort of were, so wow. that was disappointing in that sense. So all of that stuff kind of was why I moved to Melbourne, really. That was yeah. an aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's sort of hard to know who to really trust. Um, so that prompted me to... I, I found a lot of my music online without being told about it. Publishing 
a dodgy publisher and as well um who maybe had good intentions but finding my music online and calling up production companies myself was just kind of embarrassing you know? yeah 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 so having to do that and chase you know maybe a thousand dollars here and there which was so helpful for me yeah yeah um, and it was mine it was meant to be mine you know mm. um it's just got really exhausting and, and takes its toll on writing as well so i'm trying to figure out the best way to kind of manage all of that at the moment um in terms of the admin stuff and the constant emailing versus being creative mm, as well mm, yeah mm. Wow. Yeah so, so, um, yeah, so it's been interesting and really, like, I have taken things into my own hands and just gone to, went to this music expo in, in Los Angeles since I got my rights back, put an email together stating that I should get my rights back because this has happened and, mm. and still chasing money from a shoe ad I found on France, um, you know, by going through all their media, finding two of, two, two of songs on their ads. And wow. chasing money for that, you know, wow. going knocking on these weird publishers' door in LA, and so I went and met all these, done, have done all these kind of round the table meetings and trying to. Um, it's sort of meet amazing the, right the, the ballsiness of some people that just um, clearly figure we can get away with this because I know, I know. because there's so much stuff in the world that we're not going to get found out. Like the person is not going to notice we've. Like, I think about that with some of those sort of um, phony remixes and stuff where people just take someone's track oh, yeah. and put a beat behind it or whatever. Like, yeah. um, I was talking to Ryan Sheehan and that's happened to him a couple really? of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they've and, been making money out of it? Well, yeah. The, there yeah. was a guy that, uh, there was a, a guy in Japan that took, literally did that, took one of Ryan's tracks, wow. an ambient track, put a drum beat behind it, um, essentially. And the crazy thing was Ryan sort of, contacted him and said you know this is actually really cool and if you'd um written to me and asked for my permission to remix it i would have you know i would have let you i would have but this guy had it on a um band camp page or whatever and was making money off not even a credit or anything nothing Mm, that's great he actually had claimed it as his song Mm. and um and he was making quite a bit of money off that and a couple of other things and and, uh, i believe his um page He'd actually gone and he'd ripped off loads of different musicians, including some, including you know, some internationally famous people, but just earlier works of theirs. Hopefully, he was exposed to. No, I think people. so, but you know, like yeah. it, 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 that just lines up with that for me. That ballsiness of people to just go, well, we won't get found out, and if we do, it's know. It, you know, this is too hard for people to sort out. Well, the response from when I initially found. Had an inquiry. A lot of inquiries came to me, and I sent them on to the publisher because mm. I had to do that. And companies like Oxfam, I was very happy for my song to be on a campaign mm. for that, but I just didn't know about it. And then another another company wanted the same song, but messaged me saying, "Oh, but this is already on this ad, so we're not sure." I was like, "No, it's not. I mean, I've had it on TV for ages, so I didn't know." Mm. But um, went and was like, "Oh, actually, it is on this Oxfam ad," and I never actually got told it went ahead. And so I asked my publisher. They said they had no idea about it called Oxfam myself and was a bit, you know, trying to figure out what's going on and they actually had a whole email conversation with the publisher and their excuse was, oh sorry, we forgot and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going through a tough time and it's like, well, that's your only job, it's like your yeah. pure job to do, like, yeah. Yeah. and it's just hard because, I mean, my passion is playing live and I I kind of feel like um, it sort of keeps me going doing that and when I get to do those things because it is a bit of a you know, a full-time job doing all the other bits and pieces. And mm, mm. 
a lot of work goes into that. So just reminding yourself of why why you love doing it. Those trips to overseas were really cool. And last year, and went to Canadian Music Week, and that was really fun. And um, the music exhibition was the expo that I went to was very interesting because I felt like you had to pay five grand to actually perform at it. Mm. Um, so I kind of just did my own thing and, and met people myself. It's they'd have these managers and people speaking and you'd get a whole queue of singer-songwriters or managers go up to them afterwards waiting to talk to them and they kind of their eyes would kind of glaze over a bit so it's it hard to know how to approach people and tactfully and I met Seymour Stein by just kind of on my laptop eavesdropping and he said he was dehydrated and I'd just been sick and I had this Barocca and so I just offered him a Barocca and then we chatted for about an hour wow. about stuff and yeah. he was very helpful and we still email every now and then wow yeah. oh, that's a good and a good contact yeah that's a good person to yeah so always carry Barocca always carry Barocca for you know in case mm. you meet elderly mm. men that have yeah but he, he um, that, that expo I don't know I'm just going on a tangent here but that expo was quite interesting because it, it was very like play Asher hits and so they would get um songs would get picked out of the hat so to speak from mm. artists that could choose to have their songs submitted and they had this A&R team up the front and it was so ruthless after 30 seconds it'd be like no this needed to come in five seconds early for me and it just, just doesn't Seymour Stein was pretty much the only one that actually listened to the song song rather than the production mm. side of things but it was pretty cutthroat and yeah that whole that whole scene was pretty crazy because you have to pay to perform and the people that are there know that and mm. the quality wasn't really amazing some yeah. bands were great and others were a bit like what yeah yeah um so it's hard to know like whether to i don't, I don't know get into that whole thing because it's like <laughs> it's a pretty murky yeah. world that that paying to paying promote to, yourself yeah. not just paying to play but paying to enter into things with the idea that you i'm i'm probably completely at the at one end of cynicism with that like I I just yeah. flat out don't believe in that but at the same time I can see how people are lured to it and I can totally. see, I can see how you kind of have to explore well I've, I've been the various opportunities right but yeah. I don't know that many of those things are uh, are legit are legit that's right yeah you get all these well now I'm I'm, I'm on publishing rights to sign up to a few things that send you we need this song for this just pay a submission fee blah 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 mm. I was like mm, no <laughs> but I remember like my acting agency when I was little you mm. had to pay X amount to be signed up and I was like oh that seems a bit weird and and it, yeah finding out that no agency should charge mm, mm. if it's a good one mm. that kind of thing mm. and a lot of people get caught up in it it's kind of sad but well it's that very simple uh, just plays on that very simple I guess yeah. ego vanity thing this person's gonna make me famous so I will put this towards that yeah and I think uh, five is okay because it's five dollars <laughs> yeah five dollars I'll do this like, yeah. okay well we'll yeah. see yeah. I'll submit your song to X amount of blogs it's like probably not but we'll see yeah yeah never know yeah um, I, I just uh, when you were talking about going to the expo and, and Canada and, and and all of that stuff I was thinking about um like and well everything you've been talking about I was thinking like because my I, I mean I don't know you that well we've met before but I don't know you that well but I, I my portrait I have of you is that you're a hard working musician mm-hmm. and which is why I say you should celebrate the fact that you do wedding gigs and whatever else because it's it's work but um I was thinking about how uh 
you know, a lot of musicians are really fucking lazy. Yeah. And they even the one, even the ones that say they work hard. Yeah. I, I talked to the drummer from the Melvins a few years ago, and okay. he said, um, and and I love that band, and I, you know they don't have, they've never had a hit. They've been around for thirty years, and they've put out loads of albums. And he said, oh, we make a living. You know, we're not rich and famous, but we mm. make a living. And but the reason we make a living is we work quite hard mm. and most musicians don't most are really really lazy <laughs> um, and he goes but we get out of bed and we write songs and we practice and we play gigs and we put out albums and yep. that's what we do yeah and it feels like you're doing you know a version of that like you, yeah, you've definitely. decided I need to be and you're obviously learning a lot in terms of this publishing retaining rights not being tricked, you know, like yeah, but managing itself, not, managing. Not many people kind of had that have had that bad as mm. bad experience, I think, with that, mm. and also that kind of having to second guess any sort of males that might be a little bit dodgy. <laughs> I just, I mean, uh, 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 there was that was heaps of that that expo, and I went by myself, so yeah. it was hard to like, do I go out by myself to these showcases and God, um, head of free met one of the people that. Fremantle Media wrote after one of the round the table meetings got in touch and was like I couldn't stop staring at tits and it's like cool here's my song it's like <laughs> it's oh. like oh my gosh it's, it's not like I'm dressing up and like putting it's not really my style I'm not yeah yeah um, the saddest thing about that is um, to me is how it's not surprising you know no, like it's, it's not. just awful to think that it's um, not only still happening not only always happen so fucking blatant and and it feels like we're getting close to an you know we're arguably in an era where shit like that is getting called out pretty brutally yeah but some industries you know seem to just sort of Mm. walk above it and and hide bury it that's right yeah again perhaps because you know um, there have been enough people that have played their side of that game because They've decided it's going to get them further ahead. I don't know, you know. Like yeah. Maybe there are people that are, can can compartmentalize and go. I already had trouble a, sleeping, so it's I don't know. Yeah, God. <laughs> maybe there are people that can compartmentalize yeah, and go, you know, and go and go. That's a really awful thing that person said, but um, you know, it might get me somewhere with my song. So well, it's hard to know if like her know. song "I Fuck My Way to the Top" is is a yeah. A literal one. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, all these, well, I mean, you know, all these casting couch fuck your way to the top stories have to start from somewhere, right? And yeah. that, that it's it's kind of awful that, you know, that's what's created this situation where people are so blatant and ballsy about it now, right? Yeah. Because they've, gr- they've, they've grown up on the industry side of something where they figure that's just a way to get what they want. Well, it certainly gives you a complex when you have true love weights coming to your high school and getting you to sign pledges when you're 14. That's <laughs> very different sides of the uh, the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's. Um... I remember. I, I still have trouble like taking my jacket off at a gig because I didn't think I could do that at church because I was always the only person standing up on stage and I was terrified of doing it. It was mm. blazing hot with the lights on and stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can have a jacket off. You know, I felt like I was drawing attention to myself. So dealing with that as a performer as well, mm. um, knowing what kind of being comfortable with your own image and putting photos out and mm, that kind of mm. thing and choosing to try hopefully send the right message out but yeah that's, that's been an interesting um, kind of journey for me as I've gotten older yeah you're so you're yeah because well. you're 
you've got to run your social media pages. Yeah, and I'm definitely not a prude by any means. And, yeah. And um, some, when I was younger, I sort of had to, felt like I had to pretend that I was, oh, what church are you going to? I feel like I had to make something up, but now I feel much more comfortable just being honest yeah. with those people and those people but um, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing and I remember one lady being like oh don't you think you just want to with your music you just want to settle down and get a this is about 16 years old and she's like when you get married you know I was like well, if I ever get married then I'll make it work you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff is like sticks in your brain though like oh should I be doing this or this but yeah that's it's, um, it's fine and my, and my parents have always been amazing in support of my dad's a lecturer at the Bible College in New Zealand and is just, I don't know, he's never judged me for anything or anyone really and there's been some amazing supportive people along the journey. I sometimes worry that I might talk about the ones that have been challenging too much but yeah, it's, it's been yeah. A, a big mix I guess, like any job probably. Yeah, well, no, it's it's really, um, it's really good that you've talked about some of those negative things but it's, it's mm. sad, it, do you know what I mean, it's sad that they've happened and I, I guess and will continue to happen awfully in that industry sure. but it's really good that you can you can at least in part address it yeah. you don't need to name and shame people you're actually welcome to if you want to you know <laughs> that but but yeah you don't need to but even just talking about it it's interesting that like you know it's interesting to hear that but you're right like there's there's been yeah. some great great things obviously happen as well but it's important to, to, to talk about the the shitty stuff because yeah. I think like part of the problem with the music industry still for people is this allure of you know you could still be the one who has the hurt and you know I think people still believe in that that you could be you know like because we the whole sort of um, X Factor style yeah it's just thinking about that still um, promotes this idea you know and, and Idol and stuff still promotes this idea that you know, Joe, Joe or, or Janine Nobody from down the road could could turn up and be the one that wows the big industry person and it's such a load of shit. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's like winning lotto, really. Like, it's mm. a, similar, a similar impossible dream, right? Yeah, well, Jackie Thomas is um, one of her latest Facebook status was like, please download my latest recording. I don't get any of the money, but still it would be nice or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, and I feel like quite strongly about having good relationships with maybe younger females as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't want to come across. I remember I was doing backing vocals on New Zealand's Got Talent, and one of the girls who's who was just such a great song songwriter. Her name was Jenny. Um, she was this young girl from Goa and wrote really cool country songs. And she mm. was talking about how cool it would be to have this contract with Sony. And I didn't want to come across like some resentful old backing vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they emailed me once and they never <laughs> followed up on it. Or the, I was not want to sound like I wasn't happy for her, yeah, that yeah. potential, because it's like, it's so important to have. But at the same time, yeah. Those... Be like, oh, I just, I, well, for me, I just was like, tried to kind of mm. play ideas and they're like, oh, you should check to see if that means, you know, if your song mm. was ever on this, mm. then that would happen. Because I don't want to be like, this happened to me and this and this and like some burnt out old person because I obviously still love performing and, and pretty determined still etc but I didn't want to yeah I think people need to be aware yeah like, seriously every day someone's like why don't you go on one of those shows and yeah yeah like, well so you've worked on a couple of them I have and, and I also did Stars in Their Eyes like right in 2008 or 9 um, yeah. because I kind of got tricked into it to be honest 
Um, and then what I, did you do on that? I did. Oh, so it's kind of embarrassing now. But they didn't have enough people that they were happy with. Yeah. So Suzanne Lynch asked me to go and like at least talk to them about it. And then they just assumed I was doing it when I walked in there, and it was just really like, ah. And I didn't have a whole lot going on. Um, my boyfriend at the time had just maybe passed away two months ago, so I was all of a sudden back in New Zealand um, with nothing really much to do, apart from sort of process some stuff and figure out what to do next. Um, and so, yeah, they took one... He just signed this contract saying, oh, you do publicity, blah, blah, blah. And then I did Nora Jones, which I looked nothing like, and the wig was just the most hideous thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, one one comment about I acknowledge what had happened, but I was very just like I'm talking now. I was like, oh, mm. that, this was terrible, but this is my focus now. And I had a terrible. I should have made up a story like being about being a baker or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Going to the pub every Friday for karaoke, you know, that would have been much better. But I was talking about being a songwriter, and and I acknowledge what you know that my partner had passed away two months ago. But they took one little thing, put all this kind of string music in the background, and oh, then. No. Um, like longing shots looking over Waiheke Island or something. I was like, oh my God, that's so cheeky. And that was my first kind of realisation of how much is just reality shows are just made up. And then yeah, yeah. women say, we're like, we'd love to write a story about your uh, your music and what's coming up for you. And then next it was just like a pun of Nora Jones' Don't Know Why song. Don't know why, at least it doesn't know rich why rich is gone. And I was like, oh God, you guys are sick. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was very sneaky and a good insight into how crazy those shows are and in New Zealand even when I was doing the piano on the judges retreats going away to these different locations they'd be like how do we actually create drama with these girls because they're so nice mm. instead of prodding it like every little thing body image or family members that have died and um, yeah I mean that's just how it works those shows and it's, it's always I don't think that's going to change but it's pretty gross I didn't bring up your partner because you had told me about it once before yeah 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 um do you want to talk about that oh it's it's fine to talk about for me um yeah it was that was that was kind of why my trip was cut short in london yeah i i ne- when you said that because as i say because you had told me about yeah, it before, yeah. and i thought i thought we'll we'll just leave this but if you want to talk about it but you i mean uh it's 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 just like something that's happened and been a a sad and also like quite a amazing part of no I wouldn't call it amazing in a good way just like crazy amazing like mm. the, as a person he was a very amazing and strong and so um, that's been quite a, a memory that's never going to leave me I guess and yeah, um, yeah it was it was different because music stuff was going quite well in London um, and so coming back was not something I wasn't sure about but it was tricky it was sad because in the second year I'd planned to go around and travel and play in different mm. places. Mm. Um, but yeah, I came back to, and was kind of like almost a carer, I guess. Mm. But it taught me from a young age, like I think I was 21 then, um, just about, you know, different forms of, of love and care and, and, and different, like he was just such a strong, brave person. And I, I mostly get bummed out about it when new bands come out that I really loved because it was just love music and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a really sad time. So he got a really aggressive form of cancer called a sarcoma and then battled that for about nine or ten months before he passed away. So, um, yeah, that was my first sort of boyfriend and everything. Wow. So to so, go from that to, you know... And how old was he? He was 24, oh, 24 when we met and then 26 when he passed away. Wow. So, 
Yeah, very sad, very yeah. sad story, um, but a very inspirational person in my mm. life. And it was just, I remember on our first date, like, we, he played me Beirut, and I was like, oh, this, what's this music? This is kind of like, you know, crazy, what's mm. going on? And then getting to work with, I took a trip to New York and getting to play with the horn players from Beirut. Like, my brother had brought them over and put me in touch with their manager. Mm. He brought them over to perform in New Zealand because he's a promoter and I was like oh you know I'd, I think that he would have been pretty happy about that mm. knowing that and they're incredible that band I, yeah I, I remember seeing that show well probably that show around that time in Wellington when they was came it the over. one before they played it yeah with before Tono, just up, yeah, yeah 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 I saw this must have been when they were at the power station I was like oh this yeah. is cool um, I saw them a couple of times anyway they were great both times yeah, yeah so that's when I'm like oh you know I wish I could yeah. have that and definitely not looking for someone to replace Mm. or anything it's just like a well that's impossible obviously exactly but but, but qualities and and, yeah and that um so yeah it was a time that I probably I still have the odd nightmare about but um and it did probably come out in my my songwriting in in some ways um yeah yeah. uh, but yeah those shows how they just take one thing like I remember Simon Barnett saying to some guy (laughs) that did Creed (laughs) oh and I heard your grandma passed away 10 years ago or something Oh, my mum passed away 10 years ago. I was like, Fuck. Yeah, what's wrong with them? I mean, just, that's just atrocious. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, next time I definitely need to have like some kind of, some great kind of character. Should we talk about your brother a little bit? Sure. Matthew, you know him. I, I Well, yeah, I think I think most people that um, were, have anything to do with music in Auckland and and, and, and probably Wellington too know him. Um, because yes. Because he's... he's probably worn a few different even hats. in melbourne it happens yeah, too sure because he's, 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 he's worn or wearing a few different hats that's right yeah and and maybe uh has he been um i assume a support but has he been some sort of teacher for you um or uh, not do really you share teacher. or you do you know what i mean an influence or a dj uh, um, is it probably just that you guys both share a passion for music i guess but yeah, in different ways i remember he was always interested in music and from a younger age, he's, he's always been doing things like doing the night shift from, from BFM, you know, I would kind of be like, ah, I'm going to call you and embarrass you. And, you know, it was, it was that kind of thing. Like I was really like impressed by what he was doing, but he was yeah. a bit embarrassed of me at the time, I think. <laughs> um, and then I started coming along to some of the gigs that he would put on at the Schooner Tavern and places like that. And I'd be quite intimidated by all these indie people. Mm. It's like, oh, look at their fringes and look at their old knee-length dresses and it's like ah oh. and I, I had I was worried for, with my music I just was kind of a bit embarrassed because I didn't think it was the stuff that him and his friends cool would enough like. yeah cool enough yeah and and uh, I definitely don't care well see I think more, I always think that you perhaps straddle the sort of mainstream pop and and yeah. getting towards indie or indie which is why I've never are, really been an independent artist so the indie sort of worlds quite well though like yeah but in New Zealand, that's just hopeless for radio, and it always has been. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a bit quirky for us. I hate yeah. that word so much. <laughs> but um, also, like, BFM were a little bit supportive to start with and, and have played most of my new stuff, yeah. which is cool. But, yeah, sort of like, oh, it's not quite, like, you know, quite right for us necessarily. But, um, yeah, so in New Zealand, that's been a, a bit of a struggle because I reckon... I would be really good on some of those winery tours mm. that go out, but it's just not having that song on, on commercial radio. 
Yeah, yeah, you need your... Um, and because they've already got an idea of who you are, they're not really that open to... You need your Anika Moa song or your Big Runga song. You know what I mean? You need your big hit like they've had. Yeah, but... Well, for the there. people to have that confidence to send you out, which is kind of shit, but well, at the just, same time, that's that audience that that's appealing to. Is that, yeah, but I don't know if they had... If they had their songs that they have at that certain, at the time that I tried to get on. I don't mm. know if it happened like either. Like, well, Beck would have. Well, both of them had big. You know, like yeah. their first albums were what made them. Yeah. So they probably yeah. they probably did. Yeah. Those two, but I'm sure they've taken others along since that. Yeah, maybe like I don't know about Brooke Fraser, and that. Then again, I guess maybe she did with her first album too. Had mm, some impact. Mm. Yeah, and probably a really good support team as well. Yeah, well, they, again, yeah, that's all major label stuff back then, right? Yeah, so. so I would get a backlog of emails from my old management who would be like, I'd see that he tried to put me forward for these same gigs that were super poppy with some of his younger pop artists, and I was like, it's just not going to be right for me. Like, mm. you know, I needed to get the right the right kind of gigs, and so I was that was kind of a shame. Um those couple of years that maybe I wasn't really put forward for the quite the right things but that's okay I'm doing all that now um, trying to find the right things to go for but Melbourne seems to have a bit more well Australia mm. more artists like along those Sarah Blasco yeah 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 Washington kind of some of the stuff I don't even really like like the yeah. Kate Miller Heidke stuff which is but people say oh that's kind of probably where you should kind of target mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's true um, so career highlights so far Apart from New Zealand's Got Talent. <laughs> Singing a Māori version of Hallelujah for a for an eight-year-old. Yeah, backing vocals. Yeah. Um, that was all right. <laughs> She's a lady. Um, yeah, career highlights probably... I mean, obviously some of the biggest shows have been really cool and, mm. and been well-received at those, um, including what I'm doing at the moment. I was just going to say, so you're stuff. sort of right yeah. in the middle of that, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's good, and at the same time I've just released some videos and songs that I'm probably the most happy with that I have been well the last stuff, so. the last EP which is still kind of kind of new yeah to my November. mind it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know you know it was a strong it's a really strong collection I think yeah. I think it builds nicely on like to go back to that Lana Del Rey thing I was talking about you know the album that you did just like sort of a year or two before that or a couple of years yeah. before that that to me was uh, and you were talking about you know, deeper voice and rah, yeah. rah, rah, that like that album sort of signalled to me a bit of a shift towards like the sixties Chantus oh, yeah. French yeah, pop, pop yeah. singer kind of thing, which I think you know, obviously Lana Del Rey like singing plays, softly and all that kind of yeah, thing. yeah, the, the sort of yeah, exactly, and yeah. the strings as well. You know, the arrangements yeah. around it, not just yeah. the voice, but and Lana Del Rey sort of comes out of that. Sure. Or, or, or tries to head into that in some more in the Nazi Sinatra kind of yeah 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 yeah. So yeah. I, I I guess like yeah know, that, it was good. The second album was some, some parts a bit rushed. I remember doing my Stranger. I was listening to all the Burt Bacharach and mm, that mm. kind of stuff. But I wrote that I wrote those string arrangements that morning without even having anything to play them back. So I just had to have good faith that it'd work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is good to be able to do that. But um, yeah, try try to be a bit more prepared maybe next time. But. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you're right, like, I, I think you wrote something about one of the songs referencing, like, Amy Mann, and is there any market for her kind of music in New Zealand, do you think? No, which is fucking a shame, because she's amazing. I know. She's absolutely amazing. Well, I, but, found, I don't, but I, I don't think her. there is, but, but I think, 
the market that exists for it to me that's really important is if I meet someone who talks about Amy Mann, mm. I'm pretty sure I like that person, you know, and I, or, yeah. or I'm interested in what else they're going to be interested in. But mm. I don't know. I don't what know that, many people that actually I, know her. I don't know what that means <laughs> for anyone trying to make a music career, though. Know. So, you know, know, but but I think Amy Mann's one of those incredibly special songwriters. Yeah. Where you know she does lots of. She's a great singer. Um, you know her albums she's done like kind of conceptual albums and yeah. you know and all of this but uh, soundtrack work all of it but I, I I always just think of her as a songwriter you know an incredibly good yeah, songwriter yeah me too I think maybe I discovered her through John Bryan's stuff yeah perhaps um, who's obviously collaborated a lot I mean she's she's done acting she's done all sorts know, you know like she's Portlandia. yeah 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 <laughs> but she was in the she was in the Big Lebowski Oh, she? Yeah. 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 It's hard to, well. like, people are like, oh, who are your main influences? If I'm, like, saying, oh, yeah, like, like Amy Mann a lot, they're just, mm. they don't have a clue. Yeah, you're right. Like, that's not, that's not going to sell you to, to a lot of people, which yeah. is a great, a great shame. Yeah, a great shame. even, like, Fiona Apple and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, um, is that called the adult album alternative genre? Because I had to submit my songs in the songwriting competition, another thing that's hard to know whether to pay money for. Yeah. Um, and it's got a genre called AAA Adult Album Alternative and I think I googled it I was like I think that's where I have to actually yeah. apply for which is what the one that up in the is and the semi-finals for which yeah. is good yeah. um, but I think that's the actual genre over there yeah, adult that, album that, alternative I don't even really know what it means but yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. a lot of the music I like like yeah yeah, and maybe America's somewhere I need to try and explore more a bit um, yeah so I was going to say what, what's the sort of um Plan. plan for the rest of the year if not beyond that like what's Melbourne's still fresh to you there's still things to explore and, and solidify and yeah for sure all of that but you, what, what's what's going on are you writing towards a new full length album um, yeah that's what I need to do I haven't done heaps of it from EP from the EP stuff so I've just got to create some space and time to write new stuff I've jotted down a lot of ideas and sang a lot of voice memos um but I would like to get into co-writing some more as well and um, continue to explore other people to work with um, in terms of production-wise because um, I don't really still know that many producers in Melbourne. Um, but even look at maybe a trip to America once I have a collection of songs recording there. Mm. Um, the shows in Los Angeles were received really well. I did this songwriting game show, which I'd love to go back and do again, where you have... 17 minutes to write a song with another person you're paired up with and it's it's very American but it's very attentive audiences and the shows I did there anyway and yeah. for me being a new person they're very very receptive and everyone was like oh you're going to move here and do this and yeah it seems like a lot of people have moved over there but it's, it's hard to know if it's just going to be like moving to Melbourne again like doing that again and having to I mean I guess it would be an even harder um, but I definitely would have another American trip this year sometime and I would like to go back to England mm. I don't know about those showcasing festivals because unless you sort of have a certain buzz about you it's hard to know financially if it's worth it Yeah, it's yeah. good for the soul going to play somewhere new and yeah. performing live is what I love to do um, and yeah I guess finding good booking agents would be something that that I need to really try and do to get the, the right sort of gigs it's amazing like it's great singers like Nadia Reed she's just got a world tour booked which is pretty exciting and that all came from her booking eight, like finding someone that was really into her stuff and her album was 
one of the kind of coolest things I I just when I when I say I discovered I just yeah. mean for myself yes. like that yeah. I, I I didn't discover it I was quite late to the to the party with that probably mm. but discovering that album felt like that old fashioned idea of mm. of discovering an album you know like you find it for yourself and you don't actually way, yeah you, you just stuff. yeah because I guess because there's an intimacy to the record that it you know it got loads of rave reviews mm. but I you know I feel like people it was just something that people felt they could hang on to for themselves it wasn't yeah about, it's nice it's a really lovely so I, I'm kind yeah. of really hoping to talk to her soon, but I because I really don't know anything about her except that oh, she writes she's great, great, <laughs> writes great songs. And um, well, I was in her, her hotel room last night, and we were just we used to live together, right? I think in Auckland for a yeah. while, and yeah, we've done a couple of gigs together, and she's just like very, very chilled and very, very hardworking as well. And she, yeah, I saw her play here yesterday actually at yeah. the uni, yeah, right, for orientation week, which was nice. I love hearing her play and just. Very quality songs. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's great. Spunk's a great match for her record label-wise. And yeah. I think, talking about my brother, like, I think sometimes he doesn't quite know. He wants to help me, but there's also that kind of feeling of... Nepotism. and Nepotism, even, I think. Yeah, well, actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him again, because I was going to say what's the, been the, the connection around, yeah, how you feel about... Um, Having a brother that's so in the, that's in the so scene. involved in the scene. That's yeah, right. Not, yeah, that's and, cool, and, but or how does he feel about yeah. ta- tag along little sister or what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think how do you guys manage that? I think he doesn't quite know how to best yeah. help me, which is totally understandable. Because yeah. I remember I sent him. I think Tiny one of Tiny Ruin's first gigs was with me at Puppies mm. when it was still called Happy Bar mm. and a band called Lavender. And I sent Matthew her MySpace. I was like, because I went to school high school with Holly. Yeah. We've been like really good friends for ages, and he's like, "Oh wow, this is amazing!" He's on Spunk, and from there all the stuff happened. And it's it's very easy to be like, "Oh, why don't I have to move yeah, you?" Or yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, really yeah. just have to not be like that, otherwise yeah. I go crazy. So yeah. I have a genuine like just joy for my friends that are doing yeah, yeah, great yeah. things. Like, it's, and I think, a, you arguably, know, Spunk's not right for you, I would think. Yeah, it's just finding the right match. For like, example, yeah, yeah, it's, it's about right. finding someone, another. And I think he he would totally go and help me if he knew the best kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. way to do that. And um, yeah, like he he definitely like he shares my videos and that kind of thing, which is sweet. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of his writing as well. Like, yeah. he's got some great songs. He's it's, he had that really great band that probably can no longer exist anymore. Yes, the Cosby's. <laughs> The, yes. the, the name is is reti- That's retired. Kind of the end, yeah. That's it. But they were. What's they... going to happen to the Trumps? Is it a band? <laughs> <laughs> that could be his new band. God, yeah. um, the the Cosby's were really great though. Yeah, um, they are, and there's some great footage of them online. Yeah, and, and yeah. the Conjurers are still doing yeah. bits and pieces. But my favourite stuff of Matthews is his his um, solo stuff. I got him to open for me in Lee Sawmill, and he gets so nervous doing his own stuff. But mm. it's very good, and it's so clever and. My favourite song is called Satellite by him. It's just the words are great and the melody's great. and I would totally cover it. <laughs> I was just going to say, have you covered any of this? No, maybe I will. This is how you get signed to um, Spunk. You make an EP called Lisa Crawley Sings Matthew Crawley. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. There we go. And then life will be... Life will be worth living. No, um... <laughs> yeah, publishing-wise, I'm just kind of getting the odd inquiry just and dealing with stuff myself and mm. yeah like, but Matthew um, Matthew's probably like he didn't think that I would 
he didn't feel like he was good enough to open for me or something like that. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? And so it's kind of like, oh. oh, we've got a lot of mutual friends and he's introduced yeah. me to heaps of great music as well. And I think he, you know, really wants me to do well. Well, that sounds And like he's a... pretty aware of some of the, the douchebaggy stuff that's kind of gone on. Yeah, um, yeah. And he has a fair share of it himself. From yeah, his, yeah. His, not from like ladies that necessarily, but just from not being paid for things. and Yeah. Yeah, so he's got a pretty good understanding and he's always got my back if I need it, like, He's helped me get money off my old management just with assertive emails. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. yeah, well, that sounds like a pretty um, special yeah. and, and perfect brother-sister relationship where you work in the same industry. Yeah, we've that done a couple of gigs together. That, yeah, so that um, sounds pretty good. Like, and um, it is kind of like lots of people go, hey, Matt's sister, and it's just people are usually very fond of him. All the bands, like I remember Beach House saying that they were, he was the best tour manager because he knows how to kind of show someone a unique experience in New Zealand. Mm, I've heard that. I've it's heard just such a shame, like, I mean, obviously being in his family, I know some of the realities of that, that trying to bring bands over in New Zealand is mm. difficult. Mm, like, mm. if there's one other thing on that night, it's like, oh God, oh, I've got this big competition and, you know, if there's another band on, for his, um, yeah, yeah. but everyone has a great time. I'm sure someone was telling me just recently with, um, I'd have been Kurt Vile, um, okay. and he yeah. played that, you know, they... Um, I know Matt he did that tour yeah he was down and I um, someone in one of the bars was saying that um, I think Kurt had said directly you know I've never been treated like this before it was amazing and down to Matthew taking him around you know taking him to a nice place for dinner and knowing a good spot to take him and stuff like he'd always and even at the Golden Dawn you know I played there the other week and um, played records there and the staff I've only played there a couple of times and I like it but the staff come over and mm. check that you're okay yep. they offer to get you a drink towards the end of my um, shift there the guy came over and said now do you want some food tonight you know yeah. I didn't, like, didn't even need to ask and I was like and I hadn't really thought about it and then I was like yeah I do actually that's me <laughs> you know that's <laughs> yes, great but then that's because he's been involved in sort yeah. of all sides of the industry you know he's been that mm. performer as 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 you have and in, in, in my own silly little way I have where you know like I've been to weddings and, and, and all sorts of gigs where I've played back back in the day where you get treated like absolute shit and then you go to other ones where you're treated really really decently I've been I've been at weddings where, where we were put on the head table because the people we didn't <laughs> know that which was kind of surreal but the people just liked music and musicians and they it was quite a low key wedding yeah. but they wanted us to sit with them which actually ended up being a lot better than as weird as it sounds and then I've had other ones where they practically gave us food in a dog bowl you know like it's you know and and, yes. pl- and plenty where they just don't at all yeah like, some of you scum of the earth yeah, you're yeah. Like, thank you so much it's, it's like they're really weekend it's yeah. so different um, so he's had he knows about that um, first hand and then yeah. also because he's been involved in pr- promoting and um, you know publicising bands and venues he knows about it from other people's experiences too yeah. so he knows what what people want right he knows mm. a nice way to make a person yes yeah, and he's experience in management like he managed the yeah. brunettes for a long time yeah. till the shins took them away yeah yeah <laughs> on and sub pop and all that but um and operation the operator uh the band with yeah. renee louise Carafis. oh yeah he I think managed so. their yeah, old yeah, band yeah, for a while yeah yeah i mean He's he's got a, a wide set of skills which can be good and bad I guess in terms mm. of well just like the same as me musically I guess like yeah, doing yeah. bits and pieces and having to make ends meet and yeah and whatnot um, 
But yeah, I think he's doing a great thing at the Golden Dawn, and also the Sherwood. Yeah, it's a really lovely place to visit and good music, good food, and that's all Golden Dawn. And yeah. when I played there, they were very good to me as well. Um, yeah, because I knew Matthew and yeah, yeah, and all that. So yeah, and I've got a sister in the middle as well, who's um, sort of not as involved in the music scene as either of Matthew and I, but has always loved music and been really supportive too. So family-wise, it's it's couldn't probably yeah, ask for much better. Yeah, that mm. sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what else this year? What's Yeah, so um, my beginning of the year was just getting this stuff together for the... I did a gig with the Auckland Symphony a few weeks ago. Um, so it started off being four songs and then it started off, they ended up being 13 songs. And I arranged the Up in the Air song for the orchestra, so that was my little homework <laughs> at yeah. home. And probably the only time I've been grateful that I played the bassoon at high school because <laughs> I knew what to yeah, write for them not everyone gets to say that <laughs> exactly I think I saw a photo of myself playing it I was like that's enough <laughs> I still play the clarinet which comes in handy for the Jewish weddings yeah the horrors they call it the traditional yeah, music yeah it's a really interesting people watching job that stuff because there's so much culturally in Australia there's just yeah, all yeah, sorts yeah um, yeah um, but so I did that and that was quite a big thing for me to do um, there was first first kind of full length gig with an orchestra. So I did thirteen songs, including like, including a Bowie tribute as well. And they did a couple of my originals, and then I did some split ends. And yeah, so that was really cool um, and quite a big task for me, especially the arrangement stuff. And then this tour came up. Um, so my plan has just been writing, and then hopefully um, been emailing and talking with a few different producers overseas um, that I would really enjoy to work with so just trying to get the funds together yeah. for that and having the songs that I'm happy with probably didn't have the wide selection for my EP to choose from not that I was I wasn't unhappy with any of the ones I did record but I probably should have had more to choose from than what I did um, so yeah I want to have a whole bunch of new songs and just work through them and put a full length album together Hope seems to always be the end of the year for me mm. but Mm. And the DVD collection. And the DVD collection. Uh, yeah. The 43 minutes of... <laughs> wait, what's 13 times? Anyway, it'll be about that. Yeah. Yeah, so the videos... Yeah, no more videos for a while. Just did those two, so... Yeah. It's cool. I'm slowly getting a bit of um, support from Australian media. Um, but had a, had a PR guy help me with some stuff that was, that was quite helpful. And they've got a great roster. They're called Rich Publicity and... You know, Cat Power on their roster and heaps of just bands that I'm really into, mm, um, mm. which is good. And had some good radio interviews on Radio National over there and Tone Deaf. And the music have been really supportive. Doing the Canada trip, I was sort of treated like an Australian artist because... And it's hard to know which way to yeah, kind of yeah, label yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to get more established in Australia, obviously, but mm. I find myself coming back quite often to New Zealand. But in Canadian Music Week, one of the reasons I actually applied to perform was that it was a focus on Australia and New Zealand music and but that was the only New Zealand artist there <laughs> so there was no New Zealand night so I just called myself an Aussie for that trip um, so that was cool because they kind of kept me in the same bubble when, when they're talking on the blogs about the Australian artists so yeah keep keep going with that and I have a good band that play with me um, if I'm not playing solo so that's good mm. and yeah just continue to hopefully write better songs all the time and hopefully find really trustworthy people to work to help to help mm. out booking mm. 
booking wise and possibly management but yeah we'll see um yeah the simply red tour has been a great start to the year with the orchestra gig so i want to just keep keep hopefully having really good quality shows yeah, and experiences well, yeah well um yeah i just i i sort of um I don't always end up saying this to people I talk to or or, or, um, or follow in the industry, but I sort of wish only the best for you because I, I you. really appreciate um, what I can tell is a genuine effort that you put in and I've liked a lot of your material and mm-hmm. I've, I feel like I've, you know, you've done the thing that anyone should actually do that's making music like each release seems to mean a little bit more, you know? Mm. It's like a little, the photo albums of the time. Like, yeah. you know, you could line your record, your EPs and records up and you could... You could tell when they were made, like yep. in terms of the songs, you could see the progression without having to read the back cover, and <laughs> that's something I always like. You know, yep. I, I feel like the right steps are being made each time. Yeah, well, that's kind of all I have been able to do is just do it. There's been no magic kind of mm. wand as such, um, which does make the really good experiences really like, yeah, this is awesome <laughs> mm. when it does happen. And and for someone like Mick Hucknall to come up and talk to, apparently, never really comes up and talks to people very often was. Mm. You know, saying how there's not many artists that have good melodies these days, and he really enjoyed that aspect of it. That was quite, quite encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Pity I'd just been sick like half an hour ago. <laughs> he didn't need to. He doesn't know that though. That's okay. Um, he will if he listens to this. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, no, you know. As he started following you on did you Facebook, know I, did you know I had a jam with Robbie Williams's band in Melbourne? No. Were they good? They, I heard their sound check. They sounded like pretty good musicians. <laughs> yeah, good musicians, yeah. Yeah. Was that before or after they'd played here? Before, before. actually. Right. So I was playing in Melbourne. Well, I'm safe. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was quite surprised because I didn't actually hear about sort of any of that, that stuff that had gone on. Mm, and I just mm. heard this um, dedication at the, yeah. at the Auckland show because I actually became quite good friends with his dad. Um, went to the... Oh, yeah, sat, yeah. Sat this close to him within about two hours, actually, yeah. at the little Paris Cat private jam thing I yeah. got invited along by um, someone that had heard me play at the Crown mm. um, I was playing a bit Baccarat song and Pete um, Robbie's dad goes oh I was just reading a book about Baccarat upstairs and so mm. I went along to their night which was cool I just I was like oh should I go by myself I'd just do it you know? yeah. and then um, his dad gave me a ticket to the Auckland show and I sent him my albums and he sent me a card in the mail oh classic That's very cool. sweet yeah yeah okay so, so you were at the Auckland show and you heard the big shout out yeah I did and I didn't really know the backstory at yeah, all right. I was just like oh okay I think maybe I'd just yeah how fun yeah, and that hadn't been long after I think maybe you reviewed my EP and stuff so I was like oh I wonder what that's about and, yeah and maybe uh, yeah oh that's funny um oh dear I ask that yeah that's quite that's no, I won't ask. But what, um, no, I was, no, no, no. I was just going to say what um, I don't know what I was going to ask, but I was sort of like, what was the not what was the reaction like? Because I've seen the YouTube clip of it, oh, but yeah. I was just sort of thinking it must have been quite funny to well, a, a few people in the audience that probably knew. Yeah, who but I, I don't was know. If Joe but then, sort of oh, totally. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't know even like, no. and I try and follow stuff as much as possible. But yeah, well, it was only a day or two before or whatever too that I'd written. Okay, the yeah, review, right. You know, like he played in Wellington on the Saturday, and I think the show was a Tuesday in Auckland or a Monday or Monday or Tuesday or something, and I'd Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, the review would have only come out on the Monday then. Uh, okay. So it would have been yeah, a day was, before. Yeah, I was yeah. We're just flying over. It was just, yeah. just at the start of my tour. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny, like, it's just little things like that crap me up when I've yeah. just sort of had this kind of 
got to know his dad and talk yeah. to, talk oh, to I'm Robbie sure, I'm sure they were all really nice. I heard their sound check just when I was picking up my ticket and I thought, you know, geez, this could be quite good actually. This is a pretty good band. Like, yeah, you I don't heard want the to, drum yeah. sound check and the guitar um, sort of stuff and then I was like... And it was a great setting, and I was, I was, you know, uh, contrary it, contrary to what a lot of his fans wanted to think, I was went in there open minded, yeah. looking forward to what I thought might be quite a good show, and I yeah. uh, just didn't really dig it. You didn't want to finish the night singing my way. No, is that what happened in Wellington? No, oh, okay. uh, I don't know. Actually, I might have left just before okay. the very end. What about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's sort of what drove me from the okay. menu, I think. Yeah. So I don't know if they Try do. taking a choir in Australia with only like one person turning up who can't sing in tune and having to do Bohemian Rhapsody with them. That's, that's a dark time. <laughs> I take a choir in Australia. Well, I, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's just funny. And then the, like the little I like I like seeing like little things like that come up because like even the simply read thing. How I got a free ticket from a couple that came up to me, and then and I ended up didn't oh, know. Yeah, you know yeah, I went along yeah, with stuff so at the end, and I was like, yeah, this was pretty cool, and then. Getting that message and oh, yeah. okay, cool. oh that's very that's very funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, th- well, thanks heaps for yeah, thank you. stopping by. It was fun. It should it's be a good year. I'm hoping. Yeah, all everybody. The, all well, the- I think I could be the loneliest girl in the world. I think I could be the loneliest girl in the world. No idea where I. some time alone and now I feel like the loneliest girl in the world well I think I could be the stupidest girl in town Let's go.